When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, uh, the show where we talk to amazing guests about our personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson, and our trusty producer, Riley Bray. And it's uh, it's episodes like these where I we have a guest on the show that uh, I've worked with in a professional capacity. It's been a while, and I just love having them come on, and um, and they're like, oh, so this is what you're doing now. <laughs> yeah. Since congratulations. Had, congratulations on this Question mark? foot show you're doing. Is it, uh, what is this? Like, yeah, so things have been pretty exciting yeah. for me since we wrapped uh, True Blood. Um this actor uh, is one of the best people I've worked with in the business. He knows more people than I know than than anyone else I know in this business. That says a lot. Everyone is a friend to this guy. Uh, you can see him in uh, shows such as True Blood. Uh, he is in the TV series The Order. He's in the upcoming Nancy Drew and the Hidden Staircase film. Wow. He's just shot a new series called Reckoning. Uh, his, I mean, this guy's been in a million things. He's such a great dude. I'm so happy. Happy to have actor Sam Trammell on the show today, Sam. Yeah. Pleasure Welcome to be here. to Bigfoot Collectors nice. Club. Thank you. Want to join I'm, our club? I'm in the clubhouse. No girls allowed. No girls allowed. <laughs> now, that's not true. We have a lot of females I, I know, on the I know, actually. I know. Uh, Sad and just. It's really funny. You yeah. kind of had the look. I remember years ago we went to, to see Pavement oh, at, um, God. and Sonic Youth at the Hollywood oh, Bowl, which is a whoa, great that's show. A, that's a hell of a show. And you just walked into the to the studio and you kind of had the same look you had when you were at my apartment and you walked into my office and saw all my <laughs> comics and Star Wars collectibles. And I remember <laughs> right, Sam was right. just looking around my room right. and he's like, Oh, yes, I forgot that this was part of your personality. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> well, there's so many toys in here. There's, I, I play music. I'm a musician. And there's just every old amp and guitar that you could ever want and samplers and everything in here. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm confused and delighted and kind of feel dizzy. That's all on part that's of how, the right. Yeah, that's that's how also most of our guests That's feel. also the, the, the route that I came to get here was so deep in the canyons because mm-hmm. I came from the valley. I mean, it literally oh, feels yeah. like you took the back. We way. could go look for Bigfoot here. I mean, it's it's it feels, <laughs> we have we have yeah. actually yeah. It's very it's it's likely. Um, yeah. Have you did you ever hear about the fact that there was a UFO flap in Topanga Canyon back in what was it the ninety seven I think or ninety yeah that's right in the was it the late nineties or was it I think ninety six ninety seven yeah. yeah. 
or 92. Yeah, that's what, right. When you say UFO flap, do you mean uh, a discussion about a sighting? Or do you oh, mean like a flap a, just means literally a, a flap high, that fell uh, yeah, to the ground? Big, yeah, spoiler <laughs> up, a UFO just fell into... Um, Somebody's, a flap uh, would be like a confabulation of like all kinds of fish different taco in Malibu. Uh, of all kinds of different incidences and happenings, oh, okay. Okay. sort of like okay. uh, windows. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would be another way to describe them. Uh-huh. Um, like I was not aware. Activity, yeah. No, a period of activity. Canyon. That'd be a good no. way to describe no. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not surprising. No, I yeah. know. That's, not so, if of... it was going to happen. If it really happened and was going to happen, it would happen there. And if it was not happening, yeah. what was going to be created to have happened it would have happened there. <laughs> like, either way. Um, so, before we get started on your personal paranormal history, Bryce has brought us, and you did hint at the fact that you used to be into some weird shit, which I'm excited oh, yeah. to find out about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bryce has a story for us that we can catalog as... Well, Bigfoot is back in the the news again, which is nice to see since a lot of uh, UFO stuff has been hitting the headlines. But recently, Fox 13 out of Salt Lake City reports... You know, it's... This is legit. This, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Witnesses recall moments they saw Bigfoot near Provo. Experts say Sasquatch unlikely. Is he going to Sundance? Yeah, he's, he's up in Sundance. <laughs> but uh, three guys were hiking when they, um, when they see this kind of... Uh, large biped hairy thing up on a mountain so they throw their video camera up on there and they they get some pretty good video footage of what looks to be like this uh bipedal hairy ape-like creature why are you describing bigfoot as if you've never fucking heard of him this is your jesus okay so they got bigfoot on video basically and uh yeah witnesses uh describe saying you can't just see something that's maybe a once in a century discovery and go to your nine to five job i love that you got to look for fur or footprints or some kind of evidence said austin craig who captured the moment on video so he went out there back up there with a couple of his friends uh to do the kind of standby analysis like um Hey, Sam, now you go stand up there right on that hill, and then I'll record you. And then so they did some side-by-side. Mm. Interestingly enough, mm-hmm. uh, when his friend was up there, you can clearly see the uh, the two- to three-foot difference in height um, and even Between width. Between what? Between uh, his friend who he sent up there and his original video footage oh, of gotcha. the supposed captured Bigfoot on video. Um, and you can also see a, a quite a big difference in width as well. Have you seen the footage? I saw the footage, and if you're listening— What's your I, expert? Uh, analysis. Oh, that's a Bigfoot for sure. Without a doubt. Hands down. 100%. Uh, an expert, uh, Dr. Rickert, might disagree saying, uh, what's the likelihood that there are big animals that have gone undetected by scientists and by trained observers? Asked Dr. Eric Rickert, curator of vertebrae zoology at Utah's Museum of Natural History. Um, but I say, you know, maybe you're wrong, Dr. Eric. <laughs> I wish you would show up at his office <laughs> and just say that yeah um so anyway that's always fascinating when we get more uh video evidence of uh we'll, of we'll get that link we'll put it up and we'll show put the notes. link up take a look we'll and uh look leave a comment on what well, you think you know another <coughs> notch in bigfoot's belt i guess another notch in bigfoot's oh, belt boy this is the year. This is the <laughs> this, year we're gonna find. We're gonna out. do it this year, guys, for sure. This is the one. <laughs> Sam Bigfoot. Any yeah. t- any hot takes? Well, I was I was of course totally into Bigfoot when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, 
And then uh, this is this gentle way. <laughs> He's like, how do I finish this thought? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, there were because there was there was not a whole lot of debunking going on in the in the late seventies and eighties. Right. Like it was, there was no. It was just like you saw. There was that picture. There was the, a, a really a couple of famous shots. Yeah. And there was the footprints, mm-hmm. and then maybe, maybe in the late '80s or early '90s. I mean, you know this better than me. So, you know, somebody may have tried to debunk the footprint with showing a mold. Yeah. Um, and and then there was, of course, uh, you know, the Loch Ness monster. You know that whole thing. But I actually, I I just told you guys before, I I went to the Bigfoot Museum in Willow Creek. Yeah, it's up in. Uh, is it Northern California or is yeah, it Northern Oregon? California, yeah. Uh, Trinity National Forest? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was cool. It it felt a little. I mean, it was a. It was kind of. There was nobody in it. It was kind of quiet. It was a little disappointing because right. it felt like a lack of. I was excited. I was like, "We're going to Bigfoot. Do you <laughs> right. understand? Yeah. Do you understand? You know, I was telling my partner, we're going to the Bigfoot Museum. Do you get that? You know." And then, and she was like, "No, yeah, okay, you know." Right. And then we went in, and there was sort of a lady running it, and it was just kind of like, "Yeah, do you want to buy this or do that?" And I was like, "This is the Bigfoot music. Don't you get? Get like, excited? This is, yeah, um, yeah." But it, I, yeah, it was it was a little yeah, uh, you know, underwhelming. Kind of, uh, underwhelming. Do you know Thank that the two times that. I've driven to Willow Creek, the the twice, yeah. And the museum was closed. Oh, it times. is. It's 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 hard to find like, it open. This is that's happened to me in Roswell all the time. I was so excited. We drove uh, way out of our way. We were on tour, and we're like, we're going to Roswell, and it was a Sunday, and we got there, and just <laughs> everything was closed, and it was just very underwhelming. It was such a yeah. bummer. That drive yeah. to Roswell is not a hop, skip, <laughs> and a jump. Brutal. Yeah, there's a yeah. reason why they had an Air Force base all the way out there in a test site because there is nothing <laughs> around mm-hmm. for miles. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, so, what did, what compelled you to go to Willow Creek in the first place? Just because you were kind of what were on that road? Were you on a road trip? We were, on, yeah, we were on a road trip. She, she was right, like riding something that needed the one, and so we were headed up there. And so I insisted we go. Neo, the to, Matrix, the one, the, the one, the one, like the the one, the P, yeah, yeah, the PCH for those yeah, who yeah, don't yeah. know. Um, and so I insisted we go. And in fact, I think the museum was closed. And then I said, well, we have to come back. We'll come back tomorrow. We'll get a hotel and we'll come back tomorrow. And then we did that. That's that was wild. the impetus. Yeah, I forget. God, I, the the name loses me. Um, who who runs the museum? Who who founded the museum? But that is the exact museum that uh, I think is Ed Hodgkin. Uh, I'll look it up. Yeah, look it up. Uh, but anyway, the the film you're talking about, the most famous one, is the 1967 uh, Patterson Gimlin footage where they capture on 16 millimeter mm-hmm. that kind of. Uh, Female Sasquatch, and we, and, you know, they we only say female because w- closer look and examination of the film, you see these kind of large pendulous breasts. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm looking, which I love saying. I'm um, looking up breasts. the museum, and it's literally like closed right now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. But once yeah. they once they had captured this 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 film footage, which they were so um, elated by, that's the that's exactly where they took it to. Was uh, uh-huh. Ed, the owner of uh, the Bigfoot Museum, right there in Willow Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then from there, they I think uh, they sent it out to um, get it uh, get the film exposed immediately. But yeah, it's a place steeped in lore, and that is the uh, that is the gateway to Bigfoot country. There are more sightings per capita in those hundred square miles yeah. than than probably anywhere else on Earth. The, the, it's so it's so beautiful. The trees are so massive, and and I mean, you feel very small in, mm-hmm. in absolutely. That oh my god! And it's and it's gorgeous <clears throat> and kind of silent and. Uh, yeah, beautiful. But I was just there was something about the museum. There were there were tables outside where you could get a snack and have lunch. And 
I, to me, it was sort of like it should have been like church. Like I was like, this is the big food. You shouldn't be allowed to eat here. You right. Like what? Well, you can't sit and congregate. Yeah. You ha- let's get serious. You know. Right. And there was just something that wasn't serious enough about the vibe and it wasn't the museum itself right i think it was me i think the problem is me <laughs> I, I love it i, love I think that i'm the problem in this scenario that i love that you go in there and you're like we gotta get serious guys we gotta get serious about this <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> like well we'll find them someday yeah i feel like i feel like the vibe in that museum 30 years ago would have been different yeah because there would have there was less debunking you know mm, effort mm. or whatever well you know a friend of the show and uh and trackway expert cliff barrickman from the the show finding bigfoot he recently uh announced on one of our patreons that he's going to be starting a bigfoot museum not up near the uh portland oregon area so yeah that okay. was really so cool. okay. maybe that will compete we by the way that was a great interview that you had with oh him, thanks Bryce. man yeah, we he's gotta a, get he's a good cliff friend man and... i don't know too much about him to be honest i didn't watch the show yeah uh listen if there's one guy you want to talk to who who makes the the subject of bigfoot uh sound feasible logical and scientific it's cliff barrickman i mean the guy knows his stuff and he's calculated and he's 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 sober in his account he of, really uh, makes it sound like there's like maybe 75 primates like this spread across the u.s without a doubt that are yeah. just Hanging in there, just a mm-hmm. dwindling population, and he makes it sound so plausible. Well, absolutely, and he doesn't base it on on witness testimony alone. He's like mm-hmm. I said, one of the leading trackway experts, and and it gets really interesting when you start finding these tracks that they take molds of, and you get like different anomalies in the in the foot structure, and you see you see kind of uh, bone a- application on the on the impression of the soil or whatever, and you even see what uh, like some type of dermal ridges on a lot of these casts, which is uh-huh. like basically our fingerprints. We all have them, you know. Which would, in other mm-hmm. words, it would be really hard hard or near impossible to hoax or fake some of these these prints that these guys mm-hmm. collect you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it leads a lot of and then when you combine that with the witness testimony um of the the actual getting the track you know hey we saw this creature it ran off that way i think it even left some tracks it makes for a compelling story and uh and <laughs> evidence of of whatever this thing is so very mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. i'm telling you 2019 is mm-hmm. the year uh mm-hmm. sam so what is your personal paranormal history like what was the weird shit you were into other than you know your basic bigfoot shenanigans well i i uh I was in um, Manhattan in New York in the 90s, and I happened to, um, I happened to be dating a witch, you know, yes. which, Ooh, nice. you know, which, yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's, that's, that sounds, it made us, some people sound like, oh my God, but it's actually pretty common, you know, We've when, had you, get witches into, on when the show. you get into hippie culture, yeah. And, yeah. you know, of, of, I think it's sort cool, quasi urban hippie culture. Yeah. So, so then I, I was kind of, I was like, whoa, that's an interesting, and so then I I got, kind of got into these uh, these occultists like you know um, you know Aleister Crowley yeah, yeah dude and and uh, Austin Osmond Spare dude who, I was just talking about Austin Osmond yeah. Spare the other day wow have you seen you're, you're really into this oh yeah <laughs> what <laughs> now no are you idea. kidding and me? this is the shit that are I'm really into me? that we don't even talk about oh enough on the show God. but have you seen the preview for uh, is it Velvet Buzzsaw the new um, the the people Jake Gyllenhaal it's coming out on uh, Netflix no, no. Um, mm-hmm. it might already be out as this airs let me look it 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 totally has an Austin Osmond Spare a vibe to it. Austin Osmond Spare was a painter in the turn of the... Yeah. Uh, you want to 
No, no, you go ahead. You, you, yeah. Well, basically, he was this occultist and painter uh, in the like the twenties and thirties, and uh, people would claim that his paintings would move and mm-hmm. come to life. Oh, some really weird, I didn't even know trippy that. stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They were enhanced with some witchcraft or something, magic. Something, was but he going was on. one of these guys, like Alistair, who was like s- smart. Yeah, and and seriously into. The conscious and the unconscious, and wrote a lot of th- an occultist, but but thoughtful and intelligent um, discussions about the unconscious and how if you repress that, it can come out, and how to you know whatever use it to create spells or whatever he thought. But th- I brought this. This is the Anathema of Zoss, which I don't oh, even know wow. where I found oh, it, but it's yeah. it's a very old. Uh, uh, it's an automatic writing by Austin. Hold on, he was I into, a picture of you holding that up. He was he was into. I, I'm going to get this. Is that's awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah this this kind of feels He's, scary even holding this. Actually, <laughs> all right, these, hold that up, people. Sam. I love that that concept, the automatic writing. Yeah, and I can't even remember because he had automatic writing and automatic two other automatic things. But from him, <laughs> from him came this guy who you all probably know. Who's Peter J. Carroll, who's a chaos magician. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So, topic. So, yeah. So, uh, so I have, so I brought some of those books, but I was semi kind of into that. Totally. What did you, um, so like, let's talk about this little chaos magic. Were yeah, you Mike's like, into the chaos magic. Into practicing this shit? Were you like, <laughs> well, <laughs> making up sigils and stuff? No, I, you know, honestly, I, I was kind of into the, I mean, because, because he, he uses like, quantum metaphysics and relativity and and talks about um you know just quantum physics like the way that that particles can suddenly appear in two places at once yeah and and talks about different possibilities of time and and a lot of talk about time and and the unconscious and like it's really philosophical but then he also you know uses it to um you know do enchantments and uses it for magic and that and that started to kind of scare me a little bit because because it was so thought out and kind of so intellectual and 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 it was also based in Taoism. Yeah. It felt like it was possible. Like you know what I mean? It felt so it felt almost a little too real. It's amazing how these like early nineteenth century and twentieth century kind of occultists and even like these uh what seems like ancient Egyptologists had sort of like this grasp on these on these concepts that we find now kind of um, in in quantum mechanics and stuff like that. They seem to have had at least theories or ideas of how how thought worked and how consciousness seemed to work. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's, it seems like it's come full circle back to like science is sort of like validating a lot of what these early occultists seem to have been mm-hmm. onto. You know what I mean? As far as like. All that stuff. I, yeah. I find it fascinating. No, absolutely. As well. and, and 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 you know, using different states of your mind to achieve different goals and and the unconscious and yeah. like you know, uh, uh, you know, spare. Um, you know, we talked about the more you repress, you know, the unconscious, the more it'll come out in different ways, and, and you know, just things like that. And well, that that um, I feel. Which, you know, seems to be kind of common knowledge. Now. Yeah, I mean, I clearly, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um, 
that is specifically just even in terms of just like mental health really seems to yeah, ring yeah, true because I mean, it's like, exactly. I've talked like, about this uh, on the show. It's like, if I don't this... go to therapy, <laughs> my dreams get real fucking weird. And then right. I start having like night terrors and seeing shit at mm. night, you know, just right. that's like, if you suppress certain anxiety, stress, all that stuff, yeah. it does come out in real. And this isn't even like, you don't even need to link this stuff to, mm-hmm. But I do think that, yeah, this stuff is fascinating. And I've been thinking about it a lot recently because I feel like, if anything else, it's sort of a tool in order to sort of stay aware and stay in the moment and find Mm -hmm. meaning in the moment of, of, of your life. And I have had experiences, and maybe you have as well, Sam, in L.A., where I've had such strange meaningful coincidences that have seemed to or synchronicities that seem to happen all around the time like something big happens in my life or something meaningful happens in my life and it's Mm -hmm. almost as if the universe around me is going hey 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 pay attention pay attention you need to be alert right now because something is going to take place or an opportunity is going to present itself and if you don't grab a hold of it like you know, you mm-hmm. might you might miss this opportunity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a way to engage in a conversation with reality itself. And I know I'm speaking sort of vague terms, yeah. but I kind of found, yeah. And that's not even getting into like the the this stuff, yeah. the Lieber chaos stuff, which to me, like, yeah, I've never been able to get too deep into this because it's very heady. It's very mathematical. It's very, very, very nerdy. I had this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's wow. a Psychonaut. Yeah. Psychonaut. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was one. That the book only is f- freaky. Yeah, this one's a little freaky because it's like, he says. He's the, like, let's. Well, let's he says in the first. Well, he eye. says in the first half. He's like, well, you know, the the dark side is as good as anywhere to start. The yeah. dark side of magic. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't know about that. And then of course. Uh, you know, in these in these books, the, cursing the, these, Nolan, the, Psychonaut. the illustrations, which are often done by somebody else and have nothing to do necessarily with the text. No, it's just like here's but Baphomet with a big like you know. You look at the pit. pictures and it's you like go, pretty metal. "Do I want to get into this?" <laughs> right. Like that, those are demons and things. Yeah, but there was okay. So there was one uh, thing that I was trying to do because it seemed relatively harmless, which was. They're big into the double, and he is, and, and uh, this this mythology of the double, and and hands. For some reason, hands is an important thing. And there was a there was a there was an exercise where you go to sleep with the idea that you want to try to see your hands in your dream. Oh yeah. And if you see your hands in your dream, then you that can be an a, you know a sign, a some an index or, that you are sleeping, and then therefore you can kind of be awake while you're sleeping, right. and maybe control your dreams. I don't know why I wanted to do that. I'm familiar with this. Bryce stuff on the show. It. Yeah, okay. it's called a, it's called a reality test, and yeah. and in in order to kind of, um, I used to lucid dream. I or, or practice the art of lucid dreaming, and it's a very comp. It's very uh, task oriented, and it takes a lot of work to get to get you know a few lucid dreams. But one of the things that you do is uh, you start this daily habit of checking your hand. Now, if your hand yeah. doesn't move and it seems to be relatively still and looks like a hand, then, and then you ask yourself, am I dreaming right now? Is this a dream? And you concentrate on your hand and then you check your environment and you say, it doesn't seem to be a dream right now. Um, it seems to be reality. But if I was dreaming right now, what would I like to happen? Um, what would I like to manifest? <clears throat> and then, so the idea is that yeah. if you start this habit 
one night when you're dreaming, you'll all of a sudden go, hey, this environment seems pretty strange. I should check my hand. Now, if you do that in your dreaming, your hand will be blurry. And this is a sign to say, I'm, I'm, I'm in a lucid, I'm in a dream right now. And mm-hmm. you'll become aware. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, that's a trigger. Another, another trigger is also uh, people close their nostrils and then they breathe through their nose because mm-hmm. in a dream you can breathe through your nose. But yeah, right. and then that'll but, trigger but I you love, into but, a, but I like that you flipped it on its head is that where you, where you as opposed to bringing reality into the dream, mm-hmm. bringing the dream into reality, where you look at your, you know, and you, you look at your hand during yeah. the day and you say, is this a dream? And then if not, how, how, what would I want to happen? I mean, that's an incredible creative visualization or yeah. like just a good goal oriented thing to do at yeah. the beginning of a day. Well, there were certain like Buddhists yeah. who were, who were profound in lucid dreaming. And their idea was that this whole world is the dream. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, that's look, just an expansion of that. It's so crazy. I mean, look, I feel like people still don't, just in general, people still don't really, haven't really taken to heart what Einstein discovered over a hundred years ago, Mm -hmm. which is that time isn't constant, Mm -hmm. okay? That is magic, okay? There's so much stuff in the world that's scientifically, you know, like quantum mechanics is basically magic. There's... It's all around. It's doubt. so weird. I just it certainly a, sounds just, like I it. mean, it sounds stoned right now, but you know what I mean? Like, no. like it, it's really, the world is a very strange place. And if you just think about the fact that if you're moving really fast, time slows down, okay? It actually slows down. Mm-hmm. It actually slows down. It's not like, well, time's the same, but I'm just going, it actually slows down, okay? It's hard to really get that. It is. But yeah. when you get it, it's, it, wh- the, what else, what, what else? Because that's the one thing that seems, that grounds everything. Right. We're stuck minute to minute. Right. And then we can bend those rules. Yeah. If you travel really, really fast for 14 years, you, you will be less old. That's than right. Somebody, yeah. You will be le- literally less old. You so time travel. weird. Yeah. You literally time travel. Yeah. So it's crazy. It. No, yeah. I know. And that's, uh, this is the stuff that I... Love. And I feel like for whatever reason, and maybe it's, perhaps it's coincidence, perhaps it's by design, like LA is one of these cities where I feel like there is kind of like a little bit weirder, higher frequency of a magical or quantum (laughs) field here. I don't think it's a coincidence. Now I'm getting into like real stoner talk, but I don't think it's a coincidence. It's like, Here's where people decided to start the business of filming and replicating dreams for the big screen mm-hmm. and TV. Mm-hmm. You know, I always think about how films, basically the the act of going into a movie theater replicates sleep and dreaming. Like you go into the mm-hmm. theater, you settle down, eventually the lights dim, which sort of enacts the moment of falling asleep, mm-hmm. and then... The dream you're transported, begins, yeah. And you're suddenly in a different world. And there's something about that as a magical act. And it's a practical, it's a practical thing. We know how to build a set, get cameras and film it, but it's still pulling off a trick in a in a way. And 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 transporting your mind just to the way that writing does, you know. Um Alan Moore who's a comic book writer who wrote Watchmen and um, went on to write a bunch of other comics that are based in sort of magic and in this stuff. He talked about spell casting and how um, the idea of story 
or even just communication. You have uh, in the in 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 the English language, you have twenty six uh, letter alphabet, and every idea that we have can be put forth through the arrangement of those twenty six symbols. Mm-hmm. Into endless forms, right? Mm-hmm. And that literally spelling words is spell casting. You know, you're given, uh, you're verbalizing an idea by giving it a name or giving it a word. Um, and so a book is a act of magic. You know, it's cre- this all this creativity well, is literally, it's a magical act. It's taking something that has been, um, that does not exist and through will and creativity manifesting it into into reality and that's basically all magic is and so chaos magic and the practice of that is like how can i try to not speed that process up but lock into what i want to manifest into my own reality yeah and i think it has it also kind of also <clears throat> speaks to you know science in the sense that i think it has a lot to do with parallel universes and parallel moments yeah and that every every moment that's going to have there and there <clears throat> this is in science as well there i think the i think it's now over 50% of uh people that do astrophysics um you know believe this is that uh every every moment that there's an infinite number of possibilities that it could have been something different and then those that's the idea of parallel universes they exist Break somewhere off else into it, yeah and and it's at every single moment. And so I think chaos magic, whether it knew what it was doing or not, was saying, let's take, uh, let's look at the two, a few of those possibilities and see if we can maybe, um, like guide a couple of possibilities. Right. And then that would be creating, trying to create a future. Totally. Essentially. Yeah. yeah Having yeah, two yeah, of those yeah. possibilities come together. Well, the, and isn't that what we do just naturally? Like, and again, right. we take this stuff for granted. When people go, what do you want to do? What's your goal? What what do you want to achieve? Whether it's, I want to write a song, or I want to go to the Olympics, I want to win a gold medal, whatever it is, or I'm gonna, I, I got to go into this audition and I want to get that part, or I'm an architect and I'm designing this building. Whatever your goal is, there's a point at which you're sitting and you have an idea, or you, you come up with that goal and you're like, I have to figure out how to make that happen. And in a way, your brain <laughs> is sort of calculating all those multiple realities. And that's why I think it feels so euphoric when you achieve that thing that you want and pull it off. It's like, fuck, I just, it was, you hear people say all the time, it was like magic, like something, this thing, mm-hmm. it all came together and this like, I couldn't have planned it better, you know, that kind of stuff. It's I'm yeah. fascinated by that. It's something that we know is part of the natural world that we take, I think, take for take for granted. I've been really fascinated. I've been going down the rabbit hole of uh, ceremonial magic related to the phenomenon of UFOs, unidentified aerial phenomena, and aliens and of themselves you know what i mean that whole recent project we watched on on planet weird all relates back to the to the work of alan greenfield in his book secret cipher of the euphonauts which is uh which is basically a cipher um given to alistair crowley in the great pyramid of giza uh as influenced by uh, an entity he called lamb and within this and in in, in in his called the book of law is that right the book yeah. of the book of law yeah 
And in is that, that book, book of, four? Uh, no, yeah. it's a different thing, isn't it? Is it the same thing? Either way, it was... The it, book of Law is one of Crowley's. Right. And I but think I think that, book four is a, a separate thing. Right. But, um, but so. in that book of Law, it was revealed to him that there was a cipher within his um, channeled writings. Now, he was never able to break that cipher... <laughs> Uh, but later on, um, some of his adepts and other people in the in the occultist world ended up breaking that cipher. Um, anyway, when you say cipher, I mean for me and for everybody else, what exactly is? Do you mean when you say cipher? So, so using using words uh, in relation to numerical relations that also reveal hidden words or hidden messages, oh, okay. like meaning Stu- in numbers, like assigning oh, right. okay. numerical yeah. values to words and then adding up those numbers and understanding, looking for patterns. Yeah. It's like an encryption key, right? Yeah, an That's encryption key, which uh, decodes oh, the that. message. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sam is passing me a giant. Oh my God! You brought all these book great called books. Magic That's in, cool the, in theory and practice by Alistair Crowley. But there's yeah. this idea that aliens are it's like, cool. you know, perhaps magicians in and of themselves on a on a higher level, like, uh, and they're yeah. they're doing this ceremonial magic and bringing themselves into our reality, you know, and that's why we see these things in the air that we can't describe. I, or, I mean, it's strange. It's, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, personally, my my thing on UFOs and and I, I don't know, but. I definitely believe. I mean, statistically, there has to be other life in the universe. Oh, yeah, without without a and, doubt. And if there is, there's probably a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And if there's a lot of it, statistically, there's going to be beings that are way more advanced than us. And if they're way more advanced than us, they probably figured out, like in quantum mechanics, how to basically go faster than light. Absolutely. You know, where, oh, sure. Yeah. So then they can they could get here. Not just go so faster then they could get light, here and then, and then different and dimensions, then, you know, you know, mess fuck with us or not, or just yeah. be here and be hidden because mm-hmm. it's probably to their back, you know, well, who knows? But I, now that I talk it out in this moment, yeah, in Nichols Canyon, <laughs> <laughs> in this room, I'm so with you on UFOs right yeah, now, dude. yeah, absolutely, and everything else, and also like aliens among us, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I just, I just talked it out to myself, dude, I'm also, with you, yeah. stopping. <laughs> welcome to the club, yeah, what's stopping. Like, if they're that far ahead, then what if they know how to tell, like, communicate telepathically and don't even need to get in a spaceship? Right. They're right, just like, right, right. we'll that's produce our... a thought form that looks like a spaceship <laughs> yeah, to these right. people and uh, right. check in with them. Our our idea of it is spaceship, you right. know, like, because that's it's all we know. It's limited by our perception exactly. of physics and technology. Exactly. Yeah. That's why yeah. it always bugs me when people right. go, you can't, no, one's, no aliens have visited here because interstellar travel is is so impossible it's like well based on what we know right now totally. but give yeah give us a, give a civilization a million year jump start on us on evolution i mean i think you can really make a strong argument on statistics like i think oh, you hands can down mm-hmm. i really think you can without a doubt now now what i think is more interesting though is i i think whatever this f- phenomena seems to be is is I don't know, and this is just an an inkling or a hunch, but it's not so much coming from out there as it is coming from in here. It's it, it's it's relegated to this earth and this plane, and and either either they're coming from us as a collective, uh, you know, as part of a a collective unconscious uh, creating some of this phenomena, um, and then perhaps even it's you know, there's different dimensions and planes and or portals that can be opened up 
here on this earth. You know what I mean? Um, but then you get to then you get to some great cases in ufology where no, this is really a nuts and bolts craft with pilots that seems to have come from a different star system, and mm-hmm. we have you know made a material properties that we can analyze through our science labs that are telling us that this stuff is made in a zero gravitational field. We couldn't even produce it here on Earth. You know, and so then mm-hmm. you're going, wow, okay, I'm back to square one. So where did you leave off with chaos magic? Like where? Oh, I, I think did you I guys just got... break up, and then you're like, I'm over this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he like dumped me. <laughs> um, I think I, I think I kind of got. I mean, honestly, I think I got kind of wigged out by the seriousness of it. Like yeah. it felt well, it was exhausting. I tried the hand. Okay, I tried the hands thing, and right. I never got. I never did it. Mm-hmm. I could never do it. Um, and what was the double but, aspect of that? Well, it, you know, I, I, I don't have the memory, it's but okay. it had to do with the theories of the double in different cultures, and I, I don't I don't exactly re- recall. But I think I kind of just got kind of freaked out. Like, you you know, you there's a lot of math. There's a lot of... That's, there, yeah, I mean, I it's just... It's, it's smart people. <laughs> like, Aleister Crowley was was a genius and not only that he was like a you know a mountain climber and a, and like an adventurer he was a badass yeah, yeah, like he was a sure. badass and i don't know just a lot of you know just i don't know you bring that in he didn't have and, a ps4 either but, so he had a lot of time <laughs> right exactly but you know when you bring that stuff into your life it's it has as much power as you give it and and i was sort of interested in it and then i started unconsciously giving it a negative power and so then wanted to stay away from it and that was one day and then that led to a week to a year to a few years and and now they're sort of just on my bookshelf and I I remember the times but it's it's been great coming back here cuz I was looking at it again and kind of blown away by that thought because I was really into astrophysics I wanted to be an astrophysicist when I went to college really cuz I was really into string theory and mm-hmm. you know parallel universes and all the fun stuff and then you get to college and you realize you, you're you're trying to figure out the center of gravity of an egg yolk on a, a turntable turning at a certain speed and you're like I don't care I can't I can't <laughs> right. and, and right. it's so much and you realize it's all math and it's like I just want to read Scientific American and have the ideas I know what you yeah mean. but uh, but point being like looking back on these books a lot of it is about time and and it's uh, especially the the Carroll books and the real, like very philosophical dealing with philosophy and also with, with, uh, you know, physics and interesting ideas. Yeah. Well, you're talking about the big subjects, man. There's a, there's definitely yeah. a mystery at play and, and somehow science is revealing to us that as soon as, you know, you know, our current science reduces and materializes everything, um, that they're, that they're way off, that the world is more mysterious, that, uh, that uh, the actual physical nature of our reality is is more mysterious than anyone can possibly imagine, then yeah, I think all this stuff is somehow connected to the experience of Bigfoot, aliens, UFOs, phenomena, poltergeists, spirits, the afterworld, on and on oh, and on. poltergeist. I, I work with Craig T. Nelson. Oh, really? I did a play. Oh, cool. I did a play with Craig T., and there was a whole, I'm sure you all know there was a whole thing during Poltergeist. Well, oh like yeah. The whole yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he too. was talking. He, I wish I could remember some of the stories, but he was way on board, and he was talking about how weird that shoot was. Yeah, and and different f- film getting messed up in weird ways, and all kinds of crazy experiences. It's like they opened, wow. a do- they opened a door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 
Yeah, that's fascinating. Did you ever <laughs> did you ever uh, have like a moment where you went, oh fuck, this is working the or the chaos magic or just anything, any any moment that you went, this is this 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 is weird. Whatever this whatever just happened, either a big moment, little moment. You know, I I really don't. But looking back, I was looking back at one of those books and you know as a 20 year old i'd written for myself you know and dated it yeah yeah. and it was 1994 and 1994 was kind of a career-wise some things happened that were good and i feel like i feel like i and i'd also started doing the artist way Mm -hmm. where you write stuff and you kind of try to create things for yourself and i was i was reading a book called creative visualization have you ever heard of that book no yeah you know, you do I mean, these, I've heard of the you do concept, these, yeah, but... it's like you do these practices of creative visualization and, and a lot of like some positive things started happening for me that year. And while I was doing the artist way, um, as well, I was doing that recently and some good things sort of happened. Like it, it feels like when you start writing and you start just putting things out mm-hmm. into the universe, things kind of start to shift. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I look, I don't think that we, dictate our entire reality by any means you know what i mean i do think subconsciously just in terms of like listen if 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 you treat yourself with neglect if you treat your friends family with neglect if you're making poor choices obviously the uh there's cause and causality there's going to be cause and effect of like yeah if you start to think the world's shit the world around you is going to look shit you know, now there are always things that are beyond our control that happen to us in life. And and I don't think that we can hinge those things on uh, personal, uh, you know, chaos exists. I do think that. But I, I agree with you that the more you are tuned in with intention and being in the moment and sort of trying to engage reality as something that is malleable to the point where you can it if you knock on the wall it'll knock back you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and and and, uh the more times when i'm sort of in that state of mind i find that i'm more productive that i'm uh my career is going better that my life is going better and sometimes when and, and i think for some people who are um religious they would say that goes for them when they're like in tune with god or you know or practicing Mm -hmm. something i think anytime you're engaging a practice that is trying to tune you into uh this reality things go a little bit better or when bad things happen you're able to navigate those situations uh with a little bit more ease even stuff that's traumatic yeah you know i don't know i don't know it's it fascinates me this stuff really really fascinates me yeah did i just kill this entire conversation just that was terrible we're just sitting sitting with that (laughs) man no i don't know (laughs) i think about this stuff a lot but let's take a break here and we come back we're gonna play uh a game with you Right. And then uh, we'll be back right after this also god i gotta i'm manifesting some pee right now i have to go All right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we have a game we like to play with our guests. Oh, wow. It's rapid fire. All right. You have two answers: bullshit or believe it. 
I'm going to go down a list of things, and you're going to say bullshit if you don't buy it. Believe it if you do. If it's somewhere in the in, in, in between, use your acting skills. Okay. But you only get spin to, it. Yeah, spin <laughs> it. In whatever way I want. In whatever way you want All it. Right. But you only get two choices. Bullshit or believe it. Here we go. On your mark. Get set. Ghosts. Believe it. UFOs. Bullshit. Bigfoot. Bullshit. Angels. Believe it. Gnomes. Bullshit. Fairies. <laughs> Bullshit. Unicorns. Bullshit. Loch Ness Monster. Bullshit. Alien Greys. Don't know what that is. I need to rephrase this. That'd gray, be like the, the little gray big aliens. Almond gray eyes. skinned aliens with the big. Oh, bullshit. Oh. All right. Parallel universes. <laughs> Am I out of the club? No. I'm totally no. Okay. No. Parallel, believe it. Shapeshifters. Uh, I believe it. Shapeshifters. Uh, <laughs> Mermaids. Bullshit. Heaven. Uh, believe it. Hell. Bullshit. Dragons. Bullshit. Yeti. Bullshit. Elves. Bullshit. ESP. Bullshit. I know. I'm. I, I make a face. I make a we'll face. Come back. Chupacabra. <laughs> What? Chupacabra. <laughs> the goat sucker. Devil dog. I don't even know. Bullshit. I don't <laughs> know. I don't Demons. Know. If you don't know it, bullshit. Then bullshit. Atlantis. Bullshit. Life on other planets. Believe it. World peace. Believe it. Peace in the multiverse. Believe it. Cool. All right. Well done. I had to. You did great. I, I love this game. We this do. is like this is like the new Rorschach test for me. This is like it's like opening up a window into Sam's psyche. You know, right, what I mean? right, like, right, exactly. You are con- you are defined by your bullshits and beliefs. Totally. It. And you're like, I mean? how can you bullshit that and believe that? <laughs> right. Yeah. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? Did totally. you say bullshit to you? Did you say bullshit to UFOs or believe it? I said bullshit. You said bullshit. Yeah. So you're out on the alien stuff. Well, even I, I'm though not. we just had this whole... I, I know, even though we had the thing, because I. But the reason I say that is when you say UFO, I think of sightings, mm-hmm. and 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 that I. If I hear about a sighting of a UFO, look, I mean, literally an unidentified flying object. I, of course, Could I would be believe bird. in anything. Exactly right. But if we're talking about alien, um, I think that I just think that whatever that person saw is is bullshit. Is not uh, that if there was, I do think it's possible that that. That it, if you had said, do you think aliens could visit here? I would say, sure. Mm. Right. You know, like, because we talked about that. But I think just the visual of a floss saucer, somebody seeing a saucer or that, I just, that's where I am. So no mermaid, huh? No, I'm, I'm no fun, right? No fun. <laughs> Hashtag no mermaid. Um, and uh, you, but you do, you do kind of have a sort of uh, the, the angels, heaven, you're kind of. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was going to yeah. say, denying your shadow side. I, you say yes to heaven, but no to hell. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Is that yeah. That's not really fair. Jung it? would have a field day with you. Jung, <laughs> <laughs> but no. Jung. <laughs> now for Bryce's new section, Jung would have a field day with you. <laughs> oh, boy. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry. It's like... Why don't you take a ride uh, in my van? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just positive today. I'm just going yeah. with having and no hell. No, that's and going good. with angels and Great. no demons. That's you know? actually cool. a really common response know. is the it yes, is. heaven, no hell. Yeah. I like it. It's interesting. Well, yeah, we're going to put today. your uh, uh, UFO uh, bullshit meter to the test because we have a story mm. coming up for you All right. in our next segment called High Strangeness Great. right after this. Great. 
it's like the end of this uh, session. Like, did you get it? Yep. Oh, shit. Oh, was I supposed what? to be recording? <laughs> Call him back in here. <laughs> yeah. I should have turned around to check. <laughs> Keep rolling. I just need to want to grab something. Okay, great. All right, he's ready. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael McMillan with this week's story so of Sam. high strangeness. <laughs> so Sam. Introduction. Well, Let's try that again. Sound like my dad. Oh, oh, ladies and gentlemen, Michael McMillan with this week's story of high strangeness. Thank you, Bryce. So Samuel, is it Samuel? It is. Yeah. Uh, you said uh, you don't believe in UFOs and you don't necessarily believe the aliens have visited here. But as a man with an open mind, I ask you to try to withhold judgment until I complete the story of Antonio Velas Boas and the seductors from outer space. I'll try. So on October uh, 4th, 1957, 23-year-old Brazilian farmer Antonio Velas Boas and his brother were in their farmhouse one night when suddenly the home was flooded with bright light from something outside. Too afraid to investigate, both men hid inside their home until the light finally disappeared. But a week later, on the 15th, the light returned. Velas Boas was tilling the fields in his tractor at night because the daytime was too hot in Brazil. Makes sense. Even in October. When he saw a bright red light appear 30 yards away, his curiosity got the best of him. Uh, so Velas Boas rode the tractor in the direction of the, of the light source. But as he got closer, he claimed that the light would jump further away from him, almost leading him off down a, a path like the Defying physical laws. Yeah. Well, sure. And then also just funny as he got closer, <laughs> zip, zip away from him, almost mm. playing with him, kind of like the uh, chasing the rabbit, you know. Um, again and again, the strange light played this game of cat and mouse until Velas Boas finally gave up and went home. It wasn't until the next night that Antonio would finally discover the intelligence behind the light source. While working in the fields, his tractor suddenly died. And soon after that, he was approached by that bright red light, which, as it got closer, he could see was an egg-shaped craft that went from red to green mm. and had a rotating dome on top. Oh, this shit. is 1957 in Brazil. <laughs> and I want to point out that this case is takes place about... Uh, this is five years after the UFO flap of 1952, another one of those flaps, where uh, the summer of 1952 in the U.S., we were getting tons Big and year. tons of... You, that was like when flying saucers were really hitting their pop, peak popularity with with mass culture and pop culture. People were seeing them. Because they flew over the White House. There was a huge... <laughs> there were a bunch of them all over the White House in D.C., uh, there was a big UFO sighting in uh, in West Virginia in Braxton County, uh, and this is a couple years after the Kelly Hopkinsville case in Kentucky, which we've been we talking just, about a lot. We just discussed lately. that, yeah. Um, and it's also four years before Betty and Barney Hill are allegedly abducted in upstate New York by those gray-skinned aliens that. Have 
become so popular in UFO lore and pop culture. So this is kind of this little pocket um, where we're right in the middle of, or kind of rounding, ending, ending of the UFO flying saucer stuff of the 50s, and now we're starting to head into the abduction cases that are about to come. So... This craft approaches Antonio. He gets off his tractor and he tries to escape, but he's captured by what he claims are little men that are about a meter and a half tall that are wearing silver suits and masks, helmets. And they speak in weird uh, chatterings and chirpings. The beings take the farmer aboard the craft where he was doused in a strange gel that they smeared all over his body. Velas Boas claimed to be taken into a semi-circular room adorned with glowing red symbols. And at one point, the being strapped a medical instrument to his chin and drew blood samples from his chin. Mm. We're getting in a real high strangeness territory here. Chin like, blood. Why are they smearing <laughs> gel on his body? Did they shave him? <laughs> They didn't shave him, but he did think that the gel might have been an aphrodisiac for what happened next. It's a good question, though, Sam. Good question. This one is a little spicy. (laughs) (laughs) The entities took Antonio uh, into another room now by himself that was pumped full of thick vapor, Mm. which made him violently ill. Uh, eventually the vapor dissipated and he was sitting there alone recovering from this illness when a doorway opens and in walks this super hot alien woman. Yes! He claims uh, she enters the room and immediately he was like, she was very attractive. (laughs) She... Even aboard a spaceship abducted, you're like, oh, shit. shit. Wait, I don't want to leave yet. (laughs) This kind of sucked up until now. So he claims that this entity walks into the room and uh, she's like this very, you know, she's like got this Marilyn Monroe figure, Mm. uh, platinum blonde hair. Really? Human looking in form. But her face is this... Um, triang- her head is sort of triangular shaped. She had a pointy chin and big cat-like eyes that were the color blue. So it's like that alien wearing a wig thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, sounds, why didn't they do so, the face too? Yeah. This is a thing in, in, in some abduction cases is these like what we call gray aliens. They seem to wear these wigs sometimes. They're like in drag almost. Right. And this sounds They're a lot like loving David Huggins' yeah. girlfriend from outer space, Crescent. Yeah. Um, I kind of picture her like the, uh, you know, the scene in Mars Attacks where the the, the, the Martians bring in that. That's exactly what alien I was picturing. Woman yeah. and, you know, we'll post the human picture. looking. Yeah. So she was very pale. Uh, she had platinum blonde hair, but according to Antonio Velas Boas, her uh, armpit hair and her pubic hair was bright red. <laughs> Hot. And he That's was like, cool. again, he was like, I'm into this. <laughs> I just, so they end up having sex. And during the process, the female entity nipped on his chin, sucking at the little puncture wounds where they had drawn blood. 
So this is really weird that there's almost this sort of like vampiric element to this story totally. as well. And she, and he said at times he was weirded out because she started making real animalistic noises while they were in the middle of it. Mm. Uh, that he said were not human-like at all. So, after becoming an official member of the Mile High Club, <laughs> Bellis Boas <laughs> claimed that the female entity rubbed her belly and pointed at the sky, which he took to meaning that she was letting him know that she was going to have his baby oh. and raise Whoa. it in outer space. <clears throat> Feeling somewhat used... Bellas Boas, <laughs> he said, he was like, I felt yeah. like I was just being used like, as wait a, a minute. stallion. You should stay here. We should raise it <laughs> yeah, together. let's have it together. <laughs> he was returned to his farm field and to discover that four hours had passed. In the following weeks, Velas Boas developed strange symptoms of illness, nausea, headaches, pains, all the fevers, all this stuff, particularly the development of strange lesions on his body. Wow. Um, and easy bruising as well. And uh, answering an ad in the local paper by UFOlogist Jose Martins, inquiring for any individuals who have, may have made contact with flying saucers, Bellis Boas agreed to do an interview with Martins, who then sent him to see a doctor named Dr. Alavno uh, Fontes, who's, who uh, listened to his story, looked at Bellis Boas, and he concluded that his symptoms were the result of radiation poisoning. Wow. So somehow he had been exposed to high levels mm -hmm. of radiation. So this story sort of circulated in the uh, underground UFO um, and fantasy f and sci-fi magazine sort of culture of Brazil for a couple years and then started to gain traction in the early 60s. And then after the Betty and Barney Hill abduction, people started to look at Antonio's story with more credence. Mm -hmm. And he's now <clears throat> considered to be the first real official modern UFO abductee wow. case. Um, and it's interesting. He went on to uh, become a lawyer and have marry and have five children and when asked, his wife was asked at one point, how do you feel about the idea of your husband maybe having offspring somewhere out in <laughs> outer space? And she says, it makes me feel proud. <laughs> she was proud of him. She was proud of her son. Yeah, or her great. daughter. Or, 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 no, her husband. Oh, right. She was like, yeah. oh, as a stepmother. it's yeah. pretty cool that, uh, yeah, yeah, I might have a stepchild somewhere out there. In outer space, uh, well, supportive, yeah. yeah. But this is one of these wilder stories that I I, I uh, read years ago. Uh, I got out of the big book of the unexplained, which is. Did you ever read these? These Paradox Press graphic novels that just no. have awesome stories about. Mm -hmm. um, they have a whole series of these on the unexplained and the occult. Uh, but I always liked that story. It's that weird. Yeah, it's kind mm -hmm. of where the Kelly Hopkinsville. Flatwoods Monster, mm -hmm. all that stuff crosses over into the world of abductions, and you have the hy hybrid, the human-alien hybrid stuff is right there in the very so first uh, <clears throat> abductee story. Well, let's have Sam unpack that for us, then, <laughs> yeah. and ask That's him. That's the story of Antonio Velas' boss. Yeah. Wow. So what do you think? Well, look, I mean, 
What the hell it's, was that? What the it's hell cool, was that? Yeah, I I really like the sound. The sound cues too are, are fantastic. Well, thanks, Riley Bray. Everybody. <laughs> Riley, Bray. <laughs> Riley Bray. I mean, that's a great story, right? I mean, I would love. Look, I don't think any of this is impossible. I like we talked about statistically, like uh, of aliens, other other life forms visiting Earth. But the problem for me is how do you really corroborate that story? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not saying, oh, that's bullshit, but I don't know if I believe that because it's one guy's, you know, it's one guy's story. You also have the doctor who, who had the radiation, but you have to believe him too. And you have to believe the you know, brother who you have saw to, the, so uh, my, the light, the right, initial light. The first oh, thing. right. Yeah. So, so my perspective on it is it's a cool story and it'd be really interesting if it's true. Right. But I my initial my initial reaction to it is I don't I don't know if that's true, so I'm just not gonna give it any weight at all. Right. Do you know and what I mean? I think that's, that's like totally my fair. Thing. Yeah. I mean I would love to, but the, I I just that's my Yeah, like, and there reaction. were story similar sort of pulpy I mean the thing the the red flag for me is this feels like a very pulpy uh ufo story this there's this is the kind of story that's like amateur sci-fi comic book pulpy like yeah let's take these crazy ufo stories and what if there's a hot one <laughs> yeah that right. wants right. to fuck right. your brains out you know yeah. what i mean so yeah it's got it's that got the ta- like it's the got added that tantalizing. tantalizing quality to it that that to yeah. me feels very uh here's the thing Fantasy. Yeah. Fantasy Here's the based, thing with alien abdu- aliens here and UFOs and this, that, and the other. If there, if there are, uh, you know, life forms that are smarter than us and way more advanced anywhere else, mm-hmm. they probably exist. There's a good chance that they exist in a form and in a way that we cannot comprehend. Right. So, any kind of description of anything that has that's in that's that's able to be explained even is suspect to me. Right. Do you know what I mean? That unless, makes a lot of sense, yeah. un, yes, unless unless they transform themselves to look like our things, blah blah blah. Right. Possible, but I think as as are more likely, it's somebody coming up with a story, and they have the limitations of human thought now, and right. those things are within that story. Like, you you look at space saucers from the 50s, and they look like 50s uh, uh, cars, you know, right, or whatever. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right, like, those right, kinds right, of things. Right, right. But the main thing is that I, I do statistically think that, like we talked about, like, other life forms could be here, but there's they're probably, they don't have eyes or brain. They're just a whole different yeah. thing, well, maybe. I mean, <laughs> they could, this, but sorry. there's the inexplicable element that that is that's not there that should be there this sort of this sort of this story for me falls into the sort of uh jacques valet category the fairy tale or the fairy <laughs> folklore category um which actually like true blood did a little bit with like sookie's fairy stuff and the idea like they played on that show with the idea of that like mm-hmm. fairies and aliens were kind of one in the same you know to me this is the type of story of you could take exactly this story and put the farm in medieval England in, and instead of a spaceship and a uh, alien lady, you make it 
you know, a fairy queen and a, uh, a weird hole in the ground that he goes into. And suddenly he's transported by elves and the elves want him. You know what I mean? You can sort of like lay over that sort of old Gaelic folklore of the interdimensional entity that somehow wants to become one with the human world for for whatever mm. reason. You know, this seems to be a theme that shows up in folklore <laughs> mm-hmm. time and time again, that there is the spiritual realm, there's the physical realm that we we live in, and that the spiritual realm is trying to marry with a, as represented by this human alien hybrid baby, some sort of... Uh, marriage of the two worlds into one well that's the that's the thing about this case so maybe less alien and more interdimensional and weird Mm -hmm. and that these things are putting on the mask of whatever is in the current Mm -hmm. cultural yeah well there's an argument for that to make itself pass in a way Mm -hmm. as more part of our world than it is Mm -hmm. i don't know i would say that all the all these one-off strange components to this to this abduction case, which seems strange in its individualistic form when you tell this story, I would say, you know what? When you look at the the case log, the the rich data that's out there, none of this is that too weird in the abduction phenomena. I mean, John Mack, he was a Harvard psychiatrist who took on the abduction phenomena, and he found in a lot of cases uh, seductions that took place. I mean, because we're talking about, you know, this sort of copulation thing with uh, with aliens and this hybrid children thing, which is a very common theme, as strange as it is um, in the abduction phenomena. Not only that, when you when you tell me that you know he was taken to a doctor with radiation sickness, this is a, a physical property of leftover after this abduction phenomena, which which. You have to give a little credence to, like, uh, for instance, I think of a couple cases of, like, there's a case called the Falcon Lake incident in Canada, where this guy was shot with a radio with uh, through this like exhaust grid, and he had all these like circular <clears throat> things on his stomach of the exact type of exhaust grid that he reported. He got very sick from radiation sickness. The doctors couldn't explain it. Even mm-hmm. that that Cash Landrum case, where that you know the uh, they they sued the U.S. government, these two ladies and their and their son, because they reported this UFO, and they were they were sick with radiation sickness, and and so when you when you say these things, it, it it's interesting because you know here's as much as this you'd love to just like relegate this to the psychological, you're like here's like these strange after effects that cause physical maladies. Uh, which you can't just get radiation sickness from anything, right? I mean, it has to be some from some sort of nuclear source, in a sense, um, which seems to be a lot of these, you know, UFOs put off. But I'm with you. It's so fucking oh, it's weird completely out there that it, it doesn't make sense that this, you know, extraterrestrial, highly advanced civilization would come down here to like shine a light in your barn and then and then have their main alien have sex with you, who puts on a wig. It's strange. What if the collect? Uh, yeah, I know because you. <clears throat> well, you just wonder if they're advanced enough to be coming here. Mm-hmm. From if they've figured out how to beat speed of light. Yeah, 
do they really need to have you when you're awake and have you get a hard on and have you actually have sex to get right. to do all? Can't, couldn't they just do it in some way more advanced play? Why not? Where you just slept, bank? right? Where you just slept, you didn't know anything happened, and, and while you were asleep, yeah. some sperm was gone. Yeah, you yeah, know, just, I mean, that's looking for some kicks, you know. Can't yeah, they also that's just where clone you go in humans by now. <laughs> so, right, we're doing it the old fashioned <laughs> way. Yeah, yeah, look, time, we, you know? we got time. We don't <laughs> right. have to be back to yeah, we're good. To Zos for or it's like maybe <laughs> maybe it's like they're like. <laughs> like this is how we should interact with this species you know what i mean i think this would this is how we or maybe should... they were like let's let's give him a story <laughs> right. well, yeah but th- that's kind of what, what I, yeah that's kind of what i was thinking is like what if this phenomenon is just like and this is really weird but what if this isn't aliens it's not fairies it's some sort of Almost like the collective unconsciousness every now and then rears up from like the primordial dreamscape and engages on a on a physical on a level, physical and psychic and maybe hallucinatory level, all three or a combination with humans to sort of ensure for some reason like a like a like a primordial meme that these sort of stories will continue to exist throughout time and space. Mm. You know, I don't know. Wow. You know what I mean? I'm talking like real That's a trippy. Yeah, that's a really trippy. But then uh, let's all, we're all, we're all assuming that that the guy's telling a right. story and also assuming <clears throat> assuming that he has radiation, okay? Right, assuming right, that right, that right, doc, right, that right. that's all true. Yep. Then that, I mean that's a fascinating uh like way to go with it, Michael. But then how would you explain the radiation? I mean I, would, I guess I in the same know. way maybe, you would explain, like, the people coming, the, the fantastical people. Well, you can explain the, the manifesting. like the sugar pill. You know what I mean? We take a... In oh, a, yeah. You know, when right. people take... Uh, maybe your body manifested the effects of... Right. Uh, and maybe right. maybe Absolutely. maybe the... Right. Maybe it's not radiation poisoning. Maybe the symptoms are similar to radiation poisoning. I don't know. Right. Maybe when there's sort of, right. sort of this cosmic or... Reality break where the the almost what I'm trying to say is like the fictional world comes to life in the physical realm. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Plays out a story that the body becomes ill by it because of the immense amount of strange energy that happens. I don't know. You You know know what I mean? I want to touch on that. <clears throat> collective unconscious it's again going back to real quick that the idea of being in the reality and bringing the dream world here tying back mm-hmm. into what we're saying about staring at your hand and saying if i were dreaming right now what would i want to happen you know mm-hmm. I, 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 don't, mm-hmm. I was gonna say you know there's a lot to that like and to bring up something like you know carl jung again but like this collective unconscious and it's like here we are this species on this earth that's right next to this sun you know, that eventually we know is going to explode and extinguish all life form as we know it on Earth. And so there's this unconscious drive to get off this planet and to be a spacefaring species. And maybe this drive is so powerful in the collective unconscious. Maybe there's some sort of underlying tinge or feeling that we all know that we have to get off this planet and and populate other planets outside of our solar system. And, and in that respect, you know, it's able to manifest itself in uh, in some in some of these incidents of high strangeness that we can't make heads or tail of. 
Yeah, this guy's just like telling a perverted <laughs> sex story. Yeah, because he's a bored farmer. I mean, I you know, but you, it. Or, yeah. or maybe there actually are a race of aliens that are getting us off I mean, planet yeah, by having go. sex with us. And maybe yeah, they're just like the humans guys, out there. These right. humans know how to fuck. <laughs> yeah, totally. I they're kind of good. This at planet, Earth. <laughs> yeah. They love to fuck. It's just where they come to party. Totally. Yeah. Blonde wig or brunette. That's why they're always crashing the spaceship. The carpet does not match the <laughs> curtain. They just need, yeah, they just need a little bit of suggestion of a body uh, and hair. We'll keep the. Face. I know. I also doesn't love what it matter. says about men. It's like, does it matter? Slap a pair of boobs on anything, and I'll have sex with. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. Right. God, totally. So I don't know. This whole thing is highly questionable. Anyway, that's a fun uh, story. Another fun story. Uh, it's time to wrap up another episode of uh, Bigfoot Collectors Club. Yeah. Sam, I'm so happy yeah. we had you on the show, oh, man. This was, yeah, this was man, deep and heavy. I know. You kind of. Wow. I thought you were going to like. Uh, you kind of were like, oh, I didn't know you were. This was like kind of serious about this stuff. I was like, "Hey, man, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll you know, if you if you like come in with a stack of like black magic books, <laughs> like, awesome. I'm sorry to be toting these around. <laughs> no, like, no, I'll like, get them out of your space as quick as possible. No, this is this is kind of conversation I love having. Obviously. Totally, so I, I didn't great. I didn't think you all would know what I was. I thought you'd just be surprised by the chaos magic, and literally, oh, you know more about it than I do. Synchroni- I know synchronistically, it's been magic. the the rabbit hole I've been most interested in lately so uh, that's yeah. funny that wow. you should bring those in yeah. wow yeah um where can people find you should you want to be found and uh anything any projects coming up that you want to let people know about um well there's the nancy drew movie that's coming out which, which looks I'm, amazing i think march 15th cool um yeah and there's this movie uh on the subject of sort of uh strangeness that uh this movie called breakthrough about a kid that dies right, for an hour that. and then comes back to life oh which yeah is really wild. Oh, cool. yeah Cool, dude. Um, yeah, and then a series uh, that I did that called uh, Reckoning. That I'm, I'm. That's I'm really excited. Do you about know that. when that'll be out yet? It probably in about six months. Okay, I mean, cool. You know that kind of thing. All right, man. Well, yeah. we uh, we can't wait to see all this stuff. You're always working cool. and always making something really interesting. So, and it's good to see you. Good I to think see you, Michael McMills. Third true blood cast member we've had who, who did you have yeah. Joe's been on the show. Oh, and Joe in a camp, and I'm trying to remember if we've had yeah. anybody else yet. Mm. I don't know. Oh, oh, Kristen, of course, Kristen Bauer. So you're oh, right. Yeah. I knew there was. Oh else. yeah, those are some good people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kristen and Joe. Man, Joe's. I didn't sure. know you were so into this stuff. I'm, I didn't either. On I, we, just said, we just started talking. Although we never were, we never worked together. I think the one. <laughs> I know we did. I think like the one day we really worked together is one of my favorite stories. Real quick, because people are always like. How did you make those fangs pop out? It's like, well, it's just like, it's really the special effects are very boring. We stop, we put the teeth in, and then they do it all later CGI. But Sam played a shapeshifter on the show. And in a scene we were in, I had kidnapped your girlfriend's werewolf daughter. And you were trying to infiltrate the vampire base to rescue it. And there Uh was a scene where I walk into a room (laughs) right after. Sam has shape shifted into a fly. Oh, and so the way they did yeah. this was um, right. they'd be like, Sam would just duck out of frame and then I'd walk in. But the way they had to do it was then, oh. you know, Sam had to crawl away. Well, this <laughs> oh, is the best right. part is I'm just all the shapeshifters, now. whenever you, they shapeshifted, had to be naked. So Sam was naked a lot on the show. <laughs> and I remember, so we do the first take. I have to walk into the room as my character. 
And I'm looking around like, was somebody just here? And just out of the corner behind camera, I see Sam crawling. crawling on all fours, just naked, yeah. crawling yeah. across, like past uh, crew members. And it's just one of those moments. Just one of those like, days. What yeah. fucking show am right, I on? Right. I was just happy to be inside in a controlled, right. atmospheric environment because it was usually 30 degrees. You had to go running around naked at, outside at night in Malibu <laughs> at two in the morning, and, and then I was freezing. Uh, like, oh that's a wrap God. on Sam, everybody. Uh, and you're yeah. like, what the fuck am I doing? Uh, yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> so that, was, that was, that was a gruesome because I had to fly in that woman's mouth and then turn back <laughs> into myself to explode her head. Yeah. And, and then they covered me in blood and goo because yeah. I was then covered in blood and goo. It was that, was, that was pretty hardcore. And you think that. Antonio's story is strange. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Anyway, cool. That was man, fun, was you guys. Yeah, Thank really you so much. Fun. Our pleasure, man. Yeah, come back yeah. anytime. We'll love to have you back on the show sometime. Okay, great. Talk about some more weird shit. Excellent. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with an all new episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club. See you next week. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.